Welcome to another episode of Sober in the States Football. This is Chris, the MLS card guy. As always, we have Nashi with us. How are you today, my guy? Doing well today. It's, uh, it's raining T3s in the old uh, Nashi gallery over here. I had one of them game weeks where all my guys felt like they smashed it, but I somehow managed to butcher it and put none of them together and just scrape the bottom of the barrel. And I'm, I'm clinging on for dear life for some, some tier three rewards at this point, but hope you have better luck over there. Um, oh, yeah, I'm excited yeah. today. I'm excited to be joined by uh, a man I met in Los Angeles who's currently on his world travels. Um, we got Richard here, aka Fripp, aka So Rare USA on Twitter. How you doing today, mate? Pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, I'm in Seoul, so it's only raining actual rain here. No T3s coming down. But uh, yeah, absolutely feeling great. Life is good. Um, just did like a little tour from Seoul to Busan on inline skates. So that was a wild time and went to an Oktoberfest yesterday. So yeah, um, Wait, what's right. happening. Can you tell people who are ignorant to that geography, such as myself, how long is that? Is that between the two cities there that you've, uh, you've taken on? Yeah, so basically so Korea has this really, really good cycling infrastructure where Busan and Seoul are two of the major, like the bigger cities. And essentially it's 630-ish kilometers just along the major rivers between those two cities. And it's very popular to cycle it. And I had the, you know, in just ridiculous idea to do it on rollerblades for inline skates for Europeans. And yeah, it took eight days. Um, it was very beautiful. You go through the countryside, you meet a lot of people on the trail. Um, yeah, it was, it got pretty taxing. I broke my phone towards the last two days when you're right in the middle of nowhere. And so I, I think I did a total of like 40K just kilometers in detours because I took a long turn or, there was like a tunnel towards the end and I couldn't find the entrance. So I went over the mountain. So yeah, <laughs> just sounds fun like time. that's wild. Sounds like by the end of the trip, your uh, quads are going to be bigger than Adama Traore. It's just absolutely <laughs> popping out your, uh, your jeans there. Do you want to, um, you've got such an interesting story, like what you're doing and this relationship back to so rare. Do you want to sort of get into kind of what you're doing? You're traveling, you're adventuring, you're playing so rare doing predictions just yeah to sort of give people a rundown about your kind of story and what you're up to yeah so i essentially joined so there in february 2021 so it's been i think a bit over 18 months and started off with japan korea um kind of the asian leagues just because the whole concept of having a fancy team in those leagues that at the time i knew nothing about and you know it was like covid times things were slow um i was living in chicago at the time it was cold you were inside, you were stuck. And so just diving into this unknown world was, uh, no, it was a world of soccer nonetheless, but uh, that was a big, big fun. And then obviously MLS started up a couple of months later. So my uh, big brain idea was to combine Asian cards with American cards because in the summer break for the European leagues, that's all it's playing. Um, yeah, it's gone all right. <laughs> it wasn't the 10,000 IQ idea that I thought it was in hindsight. Um, and so, yeah, then eventually, I realized, you know, you see like Sorare Japan, you see like K-League, like Sorare, like a lot of those accounts that basically contextualize information from those leagues that are a little bit harder to reach. Uh, I wouldn't say MLS necessarily falls in that category because there's no language barrier, but I found there wasn't much at the time about MLS. So my roommate and I at the time literally just made a bet. If we make Sorare USA, A, why doesn't that exist? And B, do you think anybody cares about it? And it's gone all right. So um, yeah, I'm very proud to like say that like just us three recording like we've all met in person um that's yeah that in itself is like super cool so 
Um, combining that with the travel, I've had like, I think I've met a Solaire manager or somebody like a Solaire in over 10 countries now. Um, and so that in itself has been like the most amazing thing. And there's so many different backgrounds, which to me is one of the coolest things. Like we all have different ways we found it. We have very different ways that we approach the game. Um, and yeah, it's just very fascinating. So it's been absolutely excellent so far. Yeah, that's wild. You you definitely have been making the rounds and kind of going around everywhere. Um, and and you're from America. You're you're American, and you you uh, have been going around to all different kinds of countries. And um, yeah, we met in London as well. You you were you were out there. Uh, so what what kind of different countries have you guys or have you actually been in? Because uh, I know you you said you met over ten countries. You met a server manager. What which countries were those? And what times? Yeah, so essentially, my I started traveling like in January of this year, 2022. For those listening in the future, but um, basically, I started out in South America. So one of my first experiences was actually going to a River Plate game with uh, Argentina there. Um, Santi, if he's listening, um, very very cool guy. Like showed me around Buenos Aires. Or we got very good ice cream, very good pizza, um, which you know aren't what I thought of as like, traditional Argentinian foods, but like turns out they are really good those things um it was just super nice just hanging out like as a apartment um having beers talking about life sports then um one of the crazier ones was in brazil um it's a rare brazil app like crazy guy um <laughs> i think there's videos floating around of us at the minero game and it was where hulk scored two goals one of which was like an incredible solo effort in like the 89th minute um we just went the stadium like Everybody went insane. Um, that was a really, really good time. Then in Peru, um, met up for a quick beer with uh, so we're a Peru podcast. Um, also, like super interesting background. Um, guy makes music, um, loves podcasting. So yeah, uh, I don't want to drag that too long. Guatemala uh, actually stayed at a place um, in like kind of the village. Um, a guy named Ryan who's uh, there as like a missionary. Um, that was super unique to begin with, like take out the Sarai part, because I don't think I would have had the, uh, like, the means to just like find some local homestay like that. Um, we played soccer and half the village turned up in uh, these like Atlanta United jerseys, which is still one of the funniest things uh, I think I've ever seen. Just having like 20 like Peruvians just all decked out or Guatemalans all decked out in uh, Atlanta United kids. Um, Wait, you got you got to elaborate on this a little bit. What, what do you mean? See, so had these been? Do you know the backstory of that, or they're just yeah. a, a rogue <laughs> fan base in the middle of Peru? Yeah. So Ryan apparently. So he's kind of like he's living at this missionary. He coaches. He plays in like the local leagues. Coaches a bunch of the youth teams, and he's a massive Atlanta United fan. And I think other people. This might be uh, at the missionary also from Atlanta. So they're big. You know. Atlanta United fans and apparently they ordered like this bulk shipment of just a bunch of different like not even different jerseys just a bunch of home jerseys and handed those out and so when we played pickup like that's what everybody showed up in and um yeah it's like probably the most like dense Atlanta United fan community south of the U.S. probably <laughs> so Joseph um, Martinez is Venezuelan but the next Joseph Martinez is Guatemalan is what you're saying he's gonna be yeah he's gonna be yeah. Chichi Castanango <laughs> There you go. Very small mountain town. Um, yeah, absolutely incredible. And then we went to LA. Um, you know, you're both there for that. And or no, sorry, Nashi was there for that. I was not there. Yeah, I, I wasn't was invited. Sorry. It's fine. No hard feelings. Yeah. All right, <laughs> next time. Um, that was the MLB All Star Game, so that was 
yeah kind of meeting the more u.s side you know the people of the youtube like the nashies the blacks the you know psu fans of the world so that was also very 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 unique um very great experience and then london which you were there for um which was also was invited cooler, to that um definitely the biggest meetup and yeah that was good fun to say the least um, you, you're, you're definitely yeah. holding the um you're definitely out in front for the record of yeah most <laughs> managers met in most places i think even nicholas or someone like that would be struggling to to catch up with you for a while but yeah do you think that without so rare your traveling experience would be different because that's something that interests me is like when you go to places it kind of gives you a purpose not just the football but then you've got the so rare you might go and watch this team watch this play i think that's something where in the future it's hard to like how sorry will capitalize or like condense that to say like this is a side effect of the game but i feel like you're really on the forefront of like sort of benefiting from that so like that's so cool man yeah absolutely um it's been that's one of like the biggest things i loved about like one of the first things i noticed when i made the twitter account some of like the first dms that are like, like coming in were from all over the world there's, like, kazakhstan in there there's like some from mexico and i was like wow okay so this is very global. And then, yeah, obviously having you know, a larger following helps. It makes the world a little bit smaller in that sense. But yeah, it's been really, really cool because, you know, global game. But also when you come to a place, knowing somebody who lives there can show you like a different side, you know, they know the place. You know? And then especially if you add in like the fan culture, like, you know, like Sora Brazil, massive like lifelong Atletico Mineiro fan. Like I could have gone to maybe four or five games and had the best seats in the house and still not have like such a good experience that we had. Um, just like, you know, in terms of passion, um, very, very, very cool. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely been. Do you think, um, just to elaborate, you mentioned there that your Twitter account, and I don't know if we actually spelled it out, but you do predicted lineups for the MLS. You're very much knowledgeable about injuries, upcoming suspensions. That's what your account is based around. And you've probably realized that how helpful that has been from sort of the ground up for a lot of people from all over the world. And that is kind of wild. Yeah. So I think, um, so I don't really like look at like the numbers in that sense. I've had one KPI, it'd be like, you know, there's like quote tweets where somebody tagged you. It's like, thanks man. Like I won like a tier two, tier one like star. Like I won podium this week. There's so many people that have won like all-star. There was, I think, um, what was it a Nashville stack that won like limited all-star a couple of weeks ago. Just seeing that type of stuff is really, really cool. And so I think, just helping others that was part of like the original motivation back during COVID and yeah. felt very isolated and so having this to be able to you know, uh, make those connections and like help out other people in other parts of the world um so yeah that's really been very very cool to see and so it's it, I was not gonna be not gonna lie like it's a little bit tougher to keep up to speed while you're also like, rollerblading or yeah other, other side of the world but um try my best so things like injuries and transfer news in the off season um i'd really enjoy just like you know kind of grinding the twitter um just to get those out um hopefully like aggregate them add some sense to it um yeah so yeah we do our best <laughs> yeah and you guys do a great job for sure and i know definitely traveling and in some parts of the world not great you know internet connectivity whatever uh the case may be there so uh for for you guys to have accomplished what you have with the account is, is pretty remarkable pretty incredible 
Um, well, I know that you haven't really been keeping up too much with, with all the rollerblading. Uh, so we'll kind of get, get to the games a little bit this week here. I know Nashi, you watched a little bit of a galaxy and RSL massive game for the playoff race. Just kind of give us a rundown of what happened there. And, uh, and, and I know your boy missed a PK, so maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah, he did. And I mean, yeah, as you said, massive game. This was galaxy coming into it, needed a result being a draw or a win to kind of lock in their, their playoff spot. They've been on a good run lately. They got themselves in that position at home against an RSL team that isn't abundant in talent, but has just kind of been a bit dogged. They've been in games. They're hard to beat this year. But it was kind of seen written written in the stars that, yeah, the Galaxy of all their firepower, a lot of them coming back in a team, that it was just going to be sort of a fairy tale uh, down there in Carson. But by half time, it wasn't looking that way. They were 1-0 down. Ricky Puge has won himself a penalty stepped up and uh, it'd been saved by the keeper. So it, nothing was going to plan. It was getting a little bit dicey. RSL kind of reinforcing their sort of image as sort of these disruptors, the underdogs. They're not supposed to be, be in the playoff picture. They're not supposed to be in this game. It's not going to plan. And the credit to them, like massive respect to them, what they've done this year, because we're on paper with the talent they've got. You know, that's kind of, they're always back against the wall, it feels like. But they stuck in the game. And yeah, they won nil up at half time. Galaxy were putting pressure on, as you'd expect. They were playing well. They got some unbelievable players there. And in they did get a breakthrough in the second half. But it took a uh, took another penalty from sort of a, a lost soul, Douglas Costa, who came out of came out of the shadows out of nowhere. And uh, he he did step up and grab the ball confidently and and stuck away a good penalty, to be fair to him. So um yeah, he decided to join join in at the uh, the last game of the season, so that was that was courteous of him. But yeah, they get a result. They're in the playoffs. Massive impact by Puge. Since he's been there, he's almost single handedly dragged them into the playoffs. I'm quite honest. I mean, top quality player, unbelievable pedigree, and I'm hoping personally and for for the league really and for the city that he stays at least another year in in Los Angeles because he's almost been too good to wear like I'm sure there's there's going to be eyes on him um have you watched much of the galaxy uh Fripp? you got any sort of takeaways for them yeah like my main thing is so you mentioned Douglas Costa who's been a flop more or less up until now like been very quiet um I think he even dropped to like tier three I want him as a tier three actually like very very like last spot sneaking in and yeah so I think I'm, I'm curious like if that signing wasn't as bad I feel like that kind of influenced me when they signed Puge that I was like, okay, you know, is this going to be, you know, turn out similarly, but I didn't They not. just don't know what they're doing and they're just signing yeah, big names for no reason. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. Like, you know, as Barca, like on his resume, like that's right. great. But then I did not even remotely like have this type of like impact in like my like, expected range of outcomes. Like this is, he's been on fire. Like even this game, but he had like 37 AA. Um, yeah. yeah. And he missed a penalty. <laughs> like. Yeah, <laughs> could have been much worse. It could have been much worse if he just slots the penalty home. It's an easy hundred. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, even, even if, that's the thing. That exactly. I have him, and I was watching the game, and uh, I was like, once he missed that penalty, I was like, oh, I'm done. Like whatever. Like I didn't even look at his score, and then I was, I was actually telling Chris before, like I clicked on it. I, I thought it was a mistake or something because he's got the minus ten or fifteen for the penalty miss, but he's just so involved, as you say. He's on the ball. He's doing what you want a DP to come into your organization and do. Take control, change the face of the organization. And the sort of, yeah, the sort of contrast between his impact and Costa's all in the same season, in the same club is kind of, yeah, it's really monumental there. Um, 
I kind of had on a personal journey. I, I thought Douglas Costa would have an impact similar to maybe a Chicharito or even a Insigne, where he's got a pedigree. This kind of league I thought would suit him, where he can kind of get on set pieces like he does when he plays, but he just head seems to be gone. He's been an absolute disaster of a buyer. And I did watch Ricky Puge play one game, and this has worked out for me in the past, and it's blown me out of the water in the past. I watched one game for like 40 minutes, and I said, i, I got to have this guy. Like He's unbelievable. I, to be honest, I've never seen him really play for Barcelona. And uh, yeah, he's just such a, such a nice player to watch. So I did get in semi-early on him. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. So one one good story, one bad story for me there. But yeah, yeah, the Galaxy make it, and uh, yeah, they they will be they'll be dangerous in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And I I think we'll talk a little bit about the playoff race here, coming up in a little bit. One of the games that I got to watch earlier today, as we're recording, uh, is uh, NYC in Orlando, which was a massive game. Both teams, NYC, almost officially clinched their playoff ticket, I believe, before the game uh, last night. But Orlando obviously still very much on the verge. And these two teams played what felt like a playoff game. Like both these teams were going at it. To be fair, Orlando was probably the better team for large parts of this game. Uh, They were kind of turning NYC over in in dangerous spots. They just don't have, I just don't like Urchin Kara at all. Like he's just not the guy. He's huge. He's big. He's tall. And to be fair on their goal that they did score, he flicked it on to a wide open Facundo Torres. But outside of like being in the box and scoring goals potentially, or maybe setting up goals like he did today, he just doesn't have any hold up play. He doesn't have, he doesn't contribute anything in the buildup at all. And I just don't think it works uh, as well as it could maybe uh, for my taste. It's just not my style of striker, but otherwise Orlando is solid, like great goalkeeper, good defenders. Um, Antonio Carlos had a bit of a, had a bit of a uh, shocker on trying to clear a ball that um, what's his face. Talis Magno ended up putting in the back of the net for, I think it was New York's second goal. Uh, they should have cleared that ball, but outside of that, Orlando played a really good game and NYC just beat him. NYC just better uh, got the win, which was kind of a little shocking to see for me because NYC since Castellanos has been left since he's been gone, since Ronnie Dyla left, I've just not liked anything that I've seen from New York city. And that game was the first time I sat in there and said, this team could win a playoff game because this felt like a playoff game and they ended up winning it. The win also virtually guarantees actually does guarantee they'll they'll be playing at home for the first round of the playoffs, which is massive for them. Um, So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how and where they go. And then another game that I, that I kind of saw, um, and we'll kind of get into a little bit was Atlanta against New England and uh, Joseph Martinez scoring an absolute wonder goal. If you guys haven't seen it, definitely go and check that one out. That was flat out like on the broadcaster. Like that was a statement to the front office of like, yeah, I'm this good. And uh, it completely was ties the game in the 85th minute. And like two minutes later, New England comes right back down and scores. Um, New England still out. Uh, for their for their uh, involvement, they do win the game, but they're out. Atlanta is already eliminated, uh, so both teams will be going home. But I thought it was really interesting that uh, Joseph kind of caps off his his season. Uh, obviously, one more game still to go, but caps off his season with an absolute wonder goal, and uh, has reportedly asked for a front office meeting with the uh, with the staff to uh, to kind of discuss the future. So um, it seems to me that either he or Pineda or both will be gone at the end of the season. I don't think they're going to coexist anymore. Um, 
but yeah, what what are your thoughts? Because I know both of us have been picking up some Atlanta guys here. So what are your thoughts about Atlanta going into next year here, Fred? I was looking up the Joseph Martinez goal. <laughs> um, he's about. It's to a worldie. It's a worldie for sure. I paused the clip, but just seeing it where the ball is. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Atlanta injuries. Like it's just, it, it always like, I think one of the more unique things. Yeah. One of the more unique things about MLS is how based on like the DP rule, right? Like almost by default, your roster is very dependent on those top three spots or maybe Adam Tam U22 signs. So like those top parts of your roster, you really need to hit a home run with that. So I guess somebody like Douglas Costa, that's very Thanks bad, so. like almost doubly, that'll hit you twice, right? And so the fact that Atlanta have lost, what's the list? I think if we went through the whole list, but like, you know, Robinson, Busan, uh, Heinle, Ozzy Alonzo, Alonzo, like so many players just out for the year. Um, it's been tough. So I think I was thinking a lot about coming one eye on next year already. Um, and just, it's very obvious, but like just the teams that have lost so many minutes from like key players to the injuries to kind of expect a little bit of a bounce back, um, especially you know, given how medicine like has improved drastically. So it's not like you tear an Achilles, I guess, Kuzan or Ramos's case, and you're done, like you won't be the same. Like the recovery is actually very, very, like, the process has become very good. So they can come back kind of, you know, 95% of where they were before. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. Like Kansas is another team like that, right? So yeah, Atlanta. Like yeah, and then the Joseph situation is the other part. Um, I think there was a quote from I was not sure if it's Pineda or um, where he essentially said after this game that like, what do you view situation with Joseph Martinez? Will he be here next year? And he's basically gave an answer in a sense of like, I can't talk about that right now. It's like very hard to say. So yeah, to your point, like. There's gonna be some changes, um, yeah, and then yeah, Thiago Almada. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like the there's a lot to take away from this year from an Atlanta standpoint. The impact of I feel like universally the respect for Miles Robinson's gone up because you've seen the impact it's had on Atlanta losing him, and also in the national setup, people are saying, well, actually, yeah, we he was an MLS defender, but we're we're missing him in there, you know. So the sort of universal respect and the impact of Miles Robinson seems to have almost gone up a notch. He should and hopefully will be back uh, in full fitness by next season. That's a massive add to them. Losing, like this drama, this situation with Joseph Martinez, a club legend. This isn't just like a star player who's come in like Acosta and not really worked out and been in. This is, the guy's impact on the whole club is way bigger than some people from the outside might realise. So having such disruption with such a big player on the field and off it within the club, within the fan base, has just been an absolute nightmare for that. And I don't know where the responsibility falls with that. Obviously, Joseph could have probably handled it better. But I'm looking at the management there thinking, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super happy about this situation. You know, you 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 know, someone somewhere's got to make some concessions and make it work for the for the team and the fans. But then there's been some massive bright bright spots. Um, yeah, we you mentioned Almeida getting called up for the Argentinian national team, playing with Lionel Messi is absolutely absurd from a year one young MLS talent. Yeah, 20 million, we knew it was good, but it's kind of like a sort of breaking, groundbreaking moment for the league. I don't know if we'll see him there next year. If he is there, then yeah, we've, I think Araujo's kind of had an underrated season, brilliant on so rare. He's just, he's a top class player. Um, he just, 
he's kind of been there. He's been consistent, quietly doing the business. Um, but yeah, they got like such a high range of outcomes for how I can see this team, this club, this franchise looking next year. But I kind of would bank on it not looking anything like it does now. Well, here's the thing with Atlanta too. You mentioned, you know, Almeida might be gone at the end of the season. That almost is the good thing for Atlanta because they're going to sell them for, if they sell them, it's going to be for big money. And do you really need to replace them? Like you've got Marcelino Moreno and Luis Araujo on your team already who are both elite for MLS level and they can't play Moreno right now. Moreno's coming off the bench because those three guys, only two of them can play at a time because they all need the ball at their feet in order to be successful. And there's just not enough ball to go around. They can't, they literally have tried all year to play all three of them and it doesn't just doesn't work. So like you sell him, you get a ton of money. Potentially you could, you could replace Joseph Martinez. They could add a center mid, which they've been missing. Ozzy Alonso, the first couple of games was great. Like he was exactly what they needed. Then he tore, tears his ACL off for the year or tore whatever. I don't know if it was an ACL injury. Um, but yeah, like the center mid is, is desperate need for them. Otherwise they look pretty decent and talking to a lot of, I have a lot of Atlanta supporters that are friends of mine and they all kind of have echoed to me that this starts above the management. This starts president level. Uh, Darren Eels has gone over to Newcastle. There's no president in there as of right now. He left in like August. So there's, there's no president, which means they don't want to change the front office yet because they want the new president to come in first. And then the front office doesn't want to change the coach because they don't know if the front office is still going to be there. So this is going to end up being a dominoes like effect when they get the new president in. Presumably they already have a guy and it's going to be the end of the year that they're going to bring him in. Um, And then that's going to trigger changes in the front office, which will trigger changes at at management, which will trigger the changes um, for the play for the uh, players. So I don't know how this unfolds from the outside, not being an Atlanta guy. Joseph Martinez is far too talented to just let go. Like you just, you can't do that. So if it's him or Pineda, I'm, I'm throwing Pineda out and keeping Joseph Martinez and banking on bringing in another manager that can get the best out of him. Um, But I mean, a new president's going to have new ideas of how they want things to run. So it's going to be really, really interesting. This off season specifically for Atlanta is going to be absolutely massive for them. And I know both you and I, Nashi, have been picking up some Atlanta players uh, and some guys that we've been talking about. So I'll let you start who, who you've been picking up on the Atlanta side, and then I'll kind of chime in with my guys as well. Well, as you know, uh, yeah, I already had a Raulho in there, and he's had a decent season for me. And then you were uh, chirping up Brooks Lennon singing his praises, and almost as if by a so rare gods themselves, I want to tier three actually super rare in one of these dusty competitions oh man hey brooks Lennon, which is a huge card for a tier three super rare like he's a very effective card he can have peak scores you know which you need so i'm very happy with that and almost at that point i got like a little bit excited about like i got a Ralho, i got lennon i have a miles robinson from like that disaster trade i don't know if you remember about that he's still writing in my gallery so and i got like a little bit carried away and I went to a boy, and we'll get to this because I know uh, Richard and Powell have a uh, have a unique relationship. But I went to a boy, Powell, and I saw a Joseph Martinez super rare just sitting there. So I, I rounded up some some sort of trash I had laying around my gallery, and I sort of bundled them together and 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 sent it over to him, and and I, he accepted it. And I was kind of expecting him not to, and it, it I, I yeah, I'm sure uh, Fripp can attest to this, but I got a little buzz from that. I was like, all right, now I got a real guy in there so I'm very much invested in the in a Joseph Martinez situation 
the this the the kind of thought process though realistically like from a decision in my gallery in next season was the same thing i think it's going to reach a breaking point there's no way that martinez is going to himself accept another year on the bench because he's he knows he's got the talent he's at the top echelons of the talent in this league there's no so but it doesn't seem like there's a path forward with uh, pineda and martinez in atlanta so like you said maybe the breaking points there but I think if he doesn't, if Pineda stays, I think Martin is, I think there's a lot of clubs in the MLS just intuitively that would love Joseph Martinez in their squad. Yeah, he's a DP. How yeah, many clubs are in the MLS? I think it's that many clubs that would love Joseph Martinez in their squad. He's like the second that, leading scorer of all time in the MLS, right? Like, yeah, I don't think he'll be short of offers. And I think he wants to stay. He loves it in the States from what I've heard. His family's here, his kids are here. I think he wants to stay. So sort of, Talking about so rare decisions, a lot of people are making these decisions in the off-season about these MLS players, transfers. That's kind of behind the window. It was more than just an impulse buy. I was thinking he's a top player. If he if he's starting in the league and he's healthy, he's going to score goals for pretty much wherever he goes. So I'm excited about that pickup. And uh, I kind of want him to stay at Atlanta and preserve the stack, but we'll see. Um, Fripp, I did, I did want to ask you about your gallery. So you mentioned you started in Asia and the K-League, but I just sweated a few of your results, and it looks like you got some some good MLS cards in there. Are you kind of, with your research on the MLS and your sort of, as you dive into it, are you is your gallery looking more MLS-based? Are you picking up any guys at the end of this season for next season? Where, where are you looking at? Yeah, it's it's kind of shifted. So I think I started very, like, Asia-heavy, like Japan, J-League, and then K-League a little bit. And yeah, I think over time... It might just be like the exposure effects that you know, I was still living in Chicago. MLS was easy to follow. Just picked up more and more, and a lot of good deals with our boy Powell. Yeah, the feeling when you see the message, Powell Trader has accepted your offer. So wait, I'm I'm gonna ask you point blank here. Are you Powell? Because you you do you guys do seem to, to trade, you know, a lot. I would love to be. I would. Yeah. No, unfortunately not. But um, and the, the my favorite part about this all is that. There's no, hey, mate, like there's no, like, I've literally sent, I think, two Discord messages um, over like the span of like the last two years with him. Like we basically just, I sent an offer, usually he accepts the first time because like, to be fair, like, I think I'm on the losing end of a lot of these at the time. So it's like kind of like a win-win thing. But yeah, um, there's no like haggling. There's no like, like sometimes I'll say like, one of the messages was like, how much is missing? He's like 0.05 and throw it in. Deal done. <laughs> so who have you, um, but, who have you uh, had your eye on then in his, uh, yeah. in his gallery? Is there anyone you've been scoping out? Any 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 guys you're looking so, to pick up? Yeah, I need to. So I haven't looked in like the last like two weeks like as much as I've been in Korea. But um, I've had kind of like in January or March earlier this year, um, picked up a lot of, you know, European players out of contract or that were sort of like on the chopping block, right? So um, some of which almost or did end up in MLS. Like Douglas Costa, actually, I had before um, he came to LA just because that was like somebody out of contract. He's going to move. Here's some rumors, blah, blah, blah. Like type of players like Suarez. That one, unfortunately, backfired a little bit, although it could come back around. He's leaving Nacional in the winter. Um, and other players, just, you know, big, like big name, like the Sanchez, like big name Europeans, Vidal. Um, so I've been a lot of like doing that, just buying up out of contract players, ideally from teams where they are currently benched. So we've got Inter, Real, these teams are perfect. They have such depth. And a lot of times they have veterans who then, you know, take a South American, like to your point with like, Joseph having his family here. Like, the U.S. is like 
pretty nice place to live. So um, if you either like want to return home to like a Brazilian or Argentinian league, and so rare, that's a pretty good outcome in most cases. Your, your strategy. You wanna, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, you're kind of speculating on, that's exactly. kind of interesting, you're speculating on these sort of guys that you think would find a landing spot in the MLS, these sort of European guys that maybe come in sort of the end of their career, good players, and you're kind of not with any sort of insider knowledge, but just in a sort of general footballing knowledge of thinking, I could see him fitting in there, you know, like Alexis Sanchez, these kind of guys. Yeah, that's that's an interesting strategy. Um, Chris, you you were picking up some Atlanta guys too, or is it who are you saying you were you were looking at? Um, oh yeah, I've been your- I've been I've been on the shopping market for the last uh, month or so. Um, I'm actually pretty pretty much done now. I think I think I have most of the guys that I really want. Um, I mean, there, you could always have more guys, but you only have so much budget that you can spend, right? So I've, I've spent my budget is what, more what I'm saying. Um, but oh yeah, one of the guys that I got that I feel like is kind of kind of a flyer that no one really is talking about is Brad Guzan coming back for one more year. The great yeah. captain leader. Uh, I think it'll be 38 next year if, if memory serves. Um, and yeah, I, I was looking at his rare price was like 0.15. I was like, yeah, that's not bad. Like I, I'm cool with that for, for a guy that's starting. But then I, I also found a super rare that was listed for 0.18. So I was like, yeah, I'd rather have a super rare than a rare. So I went and picked up a Braggizan super rare for 0.15. Um, so hopefully that throws me up into D2. I've got a bunch of other super rares that I've been collecting over the last two months to kind of throw me up there. And then, like you said, I, I was pumping Brooks Lennon over on uh, over on So Rare God, John Nellis's channel. Uh, and his price spiked immediately when that video came out. His his reach is absurd. Um, but yeah, Brooks Lennon was, is definitely one that I want because, first of all, he just scores anyway. And I think Atlanta is going to be better next year. I don't think they ship nearly as many goals, which him being a defender, you know, helps out as AA. Uh, and then last guy that I was really, really trying to get a hold of, and I finally did get a rare, was Jamiro Montero for San Jose. Uh, I do like san jose next year bringing in a new coach not you know shipping goals all over the place not being probably the worst team they're kind of my cincinnati for next year like a team that's really really bad defensively that gets a new coach and suddenly they're just okay defensively but they like score goals like they've scored a lot of goals this year so uh jamiro montero i think gets a nice little nice little pump there am am i crazy there or is that a is that a decent assessment of san jose i'll sign on to that like especially they also have so much young like talent that's yeah. trying to get more and more experience and you know coaching change weren't they like an interim coach for that? like yeah basically getting back to the year. Yeah. yeah um i i agree um let's head on to that and then they also have i don't know if they have an open db spot but i believe like probably do they don't some, ever spend any money i was gonna say they should have cap space at least because there's yeah. some like pretty big free agents um coming up so California guy, Aaron Long. It's true. Although I think he's from Southern California, but like, you know, having him in any of the California teams for that matter. Like, Hood, Hoodwink knows how much I like Aaron Long. I think uh, oh, anyone yeah. who looks at my gallery knows how much I like Aaron Long. I have like yeah. 22 Aaron Long limiteds now, something like that. Uh, yeah, I have a few. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, getting a bit weird over there, huh? <laughs> yeah. he, he and I have a little, he and I have a little thing going. Yeah. We won't talk too much about that. You know? <laughs> I picked up a long super rare, so yeah. There I mean, you go. Yeah. yeah. I think coming back to the point earlier from like deals with Paul, like one of the best things, because you mentioned you bought a Kusan super rare. One of the best things that I've done, I think it was like right after the London meetup, I picked up the Joe Willis super rare. 
Um, mm. It was literally just before the deadline, like Friday, well, your Friday morning, um, a couple of coffees deep, um, way too caffeinated. But I was like, if I wanted, like the one thing I took away from meeting all the guys in LA and then eventually also in like the London meetup was like, why am I only playing D4? Like, I should be playing D3. You only need like two super rares. And so, yeah, having that Joe Willis super rare um, has been, to be fair, Nashville's been great, but like, wow, like that has been very much like a revelation for me. So, did, yeah, did you yeah. did you pick that up before or after the, the matrix change? Because obviously the matrix change for the goalkeeper super is when they do yeah. keep a clean sheet gives them actually a fairly powerful card then. I think it was a little, I think the matrix change was after London, like a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. It might've been already announced, but it wasn't like- It was definitely announced. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, but yeah, it's been incredible. Then I, yeah, Atlanta wise, I've got basically- most of the defense, <laughs> um, Guzan, Robinson, Franco, and Lennon. Although Lennon, I think, is eligible for free agency. So we'll see if he stays in Atlanta. Mm. I would hope so. But, um, a, a player, if you're Atlanta, a that's that's a guy you have to bring back. Yeah. yeah they I mean, don't have other fullbacks. Right? Like, one more thing on the Atlanta thing. Like, there was a period in this year where Thiago Almada was just benched. And, yeah. like, you know, there was those quotes coming out of, like, he doesn't want to be here. Or, like, the cryptic, like, the locker room. There's, like, certain players that we don't feel like they're fully invested and so if you add that in with like joseph like kind of things like if everybody around you sucks like maybe you suck in that sense where it's like is this really something that Pineda could be like i don't want to speculate but i'm very curious to see the, yeah. you know hopefully at some point like reveal all behind the scenes once everything's like can't wait for that can't wait for the tell-all book from joseph martinez that'll be oh, a great read. Yeah. yeah no like I, you're 100 percent right like almeida was benched at one point luis had a ujo the game that we went to he came off in the 55th minute has hands in the air like what are we doing like we need a goal you're bringing me off moreno's been benched joseph martinez has fallen out like is there anyone that actually likes Pineda? like <laughs> who's his side like where's his side of, of things i just i don't get it and most of the atlanta fans to be fair don't really see Pineda as the problem they see the front office as the problem and how they built the team but to me like this is like a glaring thing like you put this much talent in a room i don't care if it's not really built together well like that much talent should be playing better than this you know they shouldn't be out of the playoffs now you should you could argue maybe that they can't be first place and like they they aren't the best team in MLS, fine, but they should be in the playoffs no matter what with pretty much any decent coach. Um, yeah. I think yeah. talking of uh, best teams in the MLS, my local team, LAFC, took down their support shield today with a last minute goal. Hypothetically, from someone, Dennis Buanga gets a decisive goal. He's coming halfway through the season, flying a bit under the radar, but he's a big sign. And we talked to Tom Bogut. And he was very high on Buanga. LAFC, take it down. Congrats to them. They're still looking good. You have a couple of his cards I saw in your gallery when I was snooping around earlier, Richard. Um, did you ever sort of, you like, you obviously like what you see from him. You think he's going to really sort of bet into that team next year and make an impact, maybe in the playoffs too? Yep. I think there's somewhere where Severa gives you kind of like a unique perspective because we have a lot of people who follow the French league, obviously. And so when he was there, he had, I think not this year, but the year before, like ridiculous years, 25 like goals plus assists, um, super involved. And so, and yeah, add in like somebody like Tom who you know, knows the game, like somebody like Tom being like, this is a good signing. This is going to nail it. Like just in terms of like him being a DP over guys like Bale, Tello, like those, that types of things. Like 
the signs were there. And a funny story that in the London meetup, I actually, there was, that's right when the Buanga transfer was in its final stages, so to speak. And I think I went to the bathroom and there was a rumor that LAFC had, that deal had fallen through and I'd already picked up two of his cards. So I listed one in the bathroom. Um, this was like the first Friday night. Um, woke up the next morning. He was, he got sold. Like I listed him. And then I think on Saturday, like right before um, when we went to like the big beer hall thing, like I <laughs> went back on Twitter. I get the Tom Bogart like notifications like, hey, Wanga is official now. I go back and I, I forgot who I talked to, uh, but I asked, it might have been, I think it was Mel, it might have been 20 or something. I was like, hey, would you buy back the same player you sold 12 hours ago for 0.03 more <laughs> just because now, like, you know, admit your mistake and move on. And yeah, yeah another bathroom trip with bottom back. So if you look at one of the Buangas in my history, it's like frip somebody else, frip within like the same date. <laughs> collusion. <laughs> Hashtag collusion. Wash trading. Great <laughs> wash trading in the bathroom. Um, washing my hands and trading. Like, oh man. So yeah, that's, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm liking him. So I also tried to get that super rare, but that one's, as of now, has not materialized yet. I think all three of us tried to get that super rare, although I'm the poorest of the three of us. So I, I guess I had no chance in hindsight, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I love them. I love them too. Maybe I'll still get one, but I don't have too much left. We'll have to see how he, uh, how he fits in, what, what kind of price he gets. Um, let's talk quickly here as, as we kind of wrap things up. Let's talk about um, about the playoff race because obviously we, we're down to the last game here. A couple of teams have some midweek games, um, so there's still a few teams with two games to go. Um, but we kind of know, you know, the, the structure of everything now. We kind of know who's going to be where for the most part. You mentioned your guys, LAFC, have clinched the Supporter Shield. They're second one, I believe, in history. Um, so definitely shout out to them. Big time achievement there. Um, and let's talk about this Western Conference because it is fascinating here. You got Austin locked into the number two spot. Dallas is now pretty much locked into the number three spot, although Nashville could probably catch them um, and theoretically LA could catch them. Um, but the interesting thing here is it's six, seven, eight, and nine because Portland is at six on 46 points. We'll be playing RSL who is an eighth on 44 points, the way that it works out. And then Minnesota will be playing Vancouver. So seven versus nine as well. The way that it works out, I believe winner is in. Right. Like, I, I believe both of those games are just straight playoff games where if either side wins, they are in the playoffs and the other side is out. If there's a tie, obviously, the two teams that are higher up, Portland and Minnesota, would benefit from that. Um, so it is it is literally like two like semifinal play in game things right at the end of the season. Like, how exciting is this? Um, so let's let's get some thoughts here. Portland and, and RSL, Minnesota and Vancouver. Where are we going here? What's what's the move here on, on the last day of the season? We'll start with you, Nashi. RSL, <laughs> I mean, what a story. If they turn, like Portland are a big franchise, successful sort of year in, year out. But RSL at home are a force. This, <laughs> I'm looking at this game and I, I yeah, I, it's really hard to call. Obviously, again, it's like we say, we're on paper, probably Portland have more talent. They should be in there, but so should Seattle and look where they're at. The Sounders are, are adrift and we always kind of thought, all right, like, Portland and Seattle, they're going to be in a playoffs. But it's kind of what a story if if they both end up just just missing out. Um, yeah, it's going to be an absolutely massive game. I'm actually really excited to to tune into that one. My heart, I want. I'm kind of rooting for RSL to make it in. To be honest, sort of an underdog story. 
to kind of get reward for what we've been saying about earlier. They've, they've never sort of given up on themselves. They've had some sort of some knockbacks and poor performances here and there. They've been on some runs, but it, if you'd have given the opportunity to win a home game against Portland to be in the playoffs at the start of the season, they'd, they'd have bit your arm off. So yeah, massive credit to them. Massive game for Portland, obviously too. If Portland make it into the playoffs, they'll probably be more of a more of a false or contender, uh, to be honest. So maybe, yeah, it is, you know, maybe that'll be better for the overall picture. But yeah, I'm rooting for RSL. I want to see him in. And let's not forget last year, right? RSL out of the playoffs until the very last day of the season. And one of the most controversial endings you'll ever see in your entire life ends up getting them in and they go on a massive run, upset Seattle, upset SKC all the way to the conference final. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it. all you need to do is get in. You know, all you need to do is get in. The other side of that, either Portland or Seattle has won the Western Conference for like the last six, seven, eight years. It's been a long time since someone not named Portland or Seattle has been in the MLS Cup final. Um, Seattle's already out, so that leaves Portland as the last hope. So RSL can extinguish that streak right now on next Saturday. Um, now the other game is in Minnesota. Vancouver gets a big win against Austin to keep them alive. And now they'll play winner take all against Minnesota. Trip, give me, give me kind of a preview of this game. Run it, run it down for me. Who's going to take this one? What, what are we looking for? I think I'm my heart wants Vancouver. Um, I think that's also where like Minnesota has what one point from the last six games. They've basically won or lost five of the last six. Um, things are not looking good there. And that Vancouver one point going, was against LAFC too. Oh yeah. Nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Vancouver, they've Cavallini back now. Um, yeah. Kind of like funny quote, like he, he just got, got himself a long suspension and then had to the point to come back. Sure. You know, whatever works. So I, I'm tipping Vancouver on that one. Um, just the way Gressel has like impacted the team, the way they, their offense is very, it's coming together basically. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, parts of it on paper, and then we all thought Gold would be so good for a long time, and nothing, not much happened. And then now he's kind of like uh, you know, finding Scottish his Scottish Messi, well, yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah. And then yeah, I would also love to see RSL just because what you mentioned, like the Portland, Seattle. I don't want to call it dynasty, but you know, just going back so many years, it's always been one of those two in the Western Conference final. And just yeah, let's get you know Team Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, surely this this feels like the year that it's going to happen, right? With Seattle already done, Portland is kind of... And you thought maybe last year when RSL knocked out Seattle, it's like, well, Portland stinks. They're not going to make the final. But off to the final, they went. So you're never quite done until you're done. But, like, there's so many good teams. LAFC, Austin, Dallas, Galaxy, even Nashville. Like, the top five really are very good in the Western Conference. Um, so this will be very interesting to see who uh, who kind of sneaks in there in in the West. Uh, as far as the Eastern Conference goes, got a little more clarity today, but not a ton because now everybody's all bunched up again. Uh, so we still have a lot of, you know, head to head, you know, midweek games coming up. So this will be very, very interesting. Charlotte and Columbus have to finish their game that was called off by the lightning. Uh, so Columbus currently the standing Cincinnati's on 46 in fifth place. Orlando's on 40 fit on 45. Miami's on 45. They're both above the line because of the wins tiebreaker. And then Columbus is at 45 as well in eighth. And Charlotte is still hanging on with hope of making the playoffs because they have the extra game to play. Now, Charlotte just boat raced Philly, which was a 
little bit of a shock. Um, so theoretically, if they win, they'll be on 44 points and make this real fun at the end. We'll add an, another team. Um, but if Columbus can hold on and win that game, then it becomes Orlando Miami in the midweek game, the second to last game of the season, uh, playing each other for literally the line, as long as Columbus gets some points and then Cincinnati will be hanging on, hoping that they can sneak into the playoffs on the last day of the season. Um, so this is going to be coming down right to the end and Orlando plays Columbus the last day. Uh, so this is going to come right down to the end in the Eastern conference as well. Good news is three of these four teams will make it in as opposed to two of four in the Western conference. Who's the odd man out for you for a, who doesn't make it? Charlotte. I've, I mean, it kind of for Charlotte comes down to, they need points out of the Columbus game. Right? Oh, for sure. If they, they have to win out. Right. So I wanted to, yeah. I think that game was in Columbus, right? It's a flight and delay. So uh, I think Charlie, I don't remember. was it actually? Yeah. But I don't remember. also the, <laughs> just looking at the Charlotte Philadelphia, Daniel Rios, four goals. What happened there? <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah. Four nil. So Wild. Maybe I'm way off base. However, what gut tells me Charlotte, but I'm happy. To I want to be proven wrong too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, if we're going to throw Charlotte in there, so that would be five teams for three spots then. Um, that game is in Charlotte, Charlotte and Columbus is in Charlotte. And then they go to Red Bull arena on the last day of the season. Cincinnati is going to Audi field to play DC United on the last day of the season, Orlando and Columbus play each other. Um, and then Miami is going to be playing Orlando in the makeup game from the U S open cup final, um, which was called, uh, which was like moved back to this week. And then their final game of the season is at home against Montreal. Uh, so I guess we have to, if, if we're going to count Charlotte, we've got five teams for three spots. So who else is getting left out? The for loser me, of Orlando, Miami. I would say the other one. But yeah, go ahead. I'd go different. I, I think Columbus aren't going to make it. Mm. Uh, I, I, my reasons being, they've got a tough game for Charlotte against Charlotte. Like Charlotte really need to win that game. It's with the hope they're going to play all out. That's their cup final for Charlotte. Because if they lose that or draw that, it doesn't matter about their, their last game. Correct. The They'd be out. That's a tough game. And then, obviously, they go away to Orlando just a few days later. That's tough, again, to mentally recoup after a massive game to prepare. Miami have two home games. Obviously, they're playing Orlando, which is a big, big game for them. Kind of that, that is a huge game. They're going to take points off of each other, which is a downside. But then Miami at home to Montreal, who have already made it last game of the season you think that they'd be pretty big favorites to win that game. If I'm Montreal, are you going to rest some guys? And there's no, well, tra- there's here's no the tra- thing. Here's the thing with Montreal though. They're two points behind Philly. So if they catch Philly for first place, they get a buy in the first round of the playoffs. So there is still something to play for, for Montreal. Uh, theoretically, if Philly draws, I, Montreal can catch them. Yeah. That, very good point. I'd, I'd overlook that. Orlando, like you said, they've got their last game the big game of the season at home to Columbus. I think they win that. They're in, um, I'm pretty sure. So that's that's kind of their cup final. They got a midweek game, but they're only traveling from Orlando to Miami, which shouldn't take as big of a toll as uh, on sort of, you know, we know how hard it is traveling in the MLS, high pressure situation, Wednesday, Sunday game. They got a little bit less to do. Orlando, the home advantage, not so much traveling. I think they're just going to pip them out. I think they're going to win that game, win their spot. Um, Miami, two home games. I think they'll get enough points in there. And uh, 
yeah, I think obviously if it works out like that, then I think Cincinnati hold on uh, with a result against uh, the worst team in the league. So, ouch, yeah. that hurts. <laughs> You're not wrong, but it still hurts every time you say it. Um, yeah, I I don't know. This comes down to like Columbus and Miami, two teams that I really like. I really like both of these teams. I actually really like Orlando too. Uh, so I think you're kind of right. Like if there's a loser between Orlando and Miami, I think that team's in real trouble. If it's a tie, who knows, you know, what, who knows what's going to happen this last day. Um, and then yeah, Columbus going to Charlotte is tough, but can Columbus, like if Columbus gets up one, no, Charlotte's just going to throw everything forward. Cause they got to get two goals are they going to give up like two or three and just be out of the game? You know what I mean? That being said, Charlotte just obliterated Philly. So Columbus is not exactly in the greatest of form, but they're not in the worst form either. They did just beat Red Bulls. They got a draw against Portland in a pretty big game. Both those games were at home though. Um, I don't know. Going back to Miami, you got, you, you're playing Orlando who I think is really playing well. They they've, I think there's six wins out of their last nine, something like that. You're playing, you're, you're running into a, a bit of a problem there. And then you're playing Montreal, who's an even bigger problem. And Montreal still has something to play for. Uh, theoretically, if Philly draws their game against Toronto, Montreal could jump up to first. And that's very important. Um, they just rested their team against DC, which is not the best team in the league, but that way. So they yeah, should be well, fresh. Ouch. Um, yeah. Uh, Miami has also won three in a row. So I don't know. I don't know. Somebody's going to get left out. Charlotte's going to be out. I'm going to call Charlotte out, and I don't know what's going to happen after that. Oh, you're going to be sore from sitting on the fence like that. But uh, I guess mm-hmm. we'll see you this week. Let's, uh, let's go. I can't, like, I can't, like, it doesn't make sense to me that Columbus would miss the playoffs. Like, they're built for the playoffs. They're a defensive team that now has uh, Chucha Hernandez and can now score whenever they want. Like, it's like that. If they get into the playoffs, they could easily win the MLS Cup. It doesn't make sense for me to say, yeah, they're not going to make it. It does kind of look like they're get, they've got the toughest schedule, though. You know, it comes down to the last game. They're away at Orlando. Orlando, like you said, are playing well. They're at home in a busy in a three game week. If you look to that fixture in isolation, um, Columbus away at Orlando, I think I'd I'd give I'd give uh, Orlando the edge. And as you said, with the win. With the win, but situation. it may not matter. Like if if Columbus draws and Orlando loses to Miami, all Columbus needs is a draw. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It I, it really does depend on what happens this midweek. Like if Columbus gets all three points against Charlotte, they're in pretty much. Well, but if they, I, I mean, if they get all three points, they would need like they would need like Miami to beat Orlando, and then Orlando to have to beat Columbus, and then all kinds of chaos with tiebreakers would happen. And I don't know who would get in at that point, but. Yeah, I guess I could look at the tiebreakers. Oh yeah, Columbus is not not getting any tiebreakers. They have ten wins all year. Yeah, so that's what I'm- I I guess if Miami beats Orlando and Orlando then beats Columbus, they could get all three points as a midweek and still not get in. But that that also means Cincinnati has to beat DC. David Ochoa is going to keep Cincy out of the playoffs. <laughs> nil nil. No, oh, it's not no. happening. Cincy's too good. Um, yeah, it'll be fun be fun this is this is the beauty of mls right all these other leagues have you know the race for the title the race for the top four it rarely comes down to like a bunch of big games all happening at one time there's like four massive playoff games essentially that we've talked about happening uh four in the east and two in the west in like the space of six days like it's just gonna be delightful i can't wait i cannot wait for this any other oh for sure gotta find a tv gotta find a tv 
Uh, any any other thoughts here, Nashi, before we wrap things up? No, just yeah, everyone, everyone, uh, stay tuned. It's gonna be a big, big, massive week. One of the most exciting weeks of the season. It's almost feels like, the, as you said, the way the fixtures of the Lions almost poetic, where it's almost the playoffs have semi started. You know, because these games are must win for all these teams. If they lose, they're they're kind of done this midweek. So yeah, yeah. should be a big week for the MLS. And uh, should we should we do like a live like watch along for like the East and the West and have like a or like a Twitter yeah. Spaces or something. Just like have everybody in. If you guys watch this or listen to this during this week, make sure you're you're following the Twitter account and see if we have a Twitter Spaces or a live thing because we might try to put something together. That'd be fun for Decision Day. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate taking the time out in Korea. I know you got a busy morning ahead. It's nighttime for us, uh, but taking the time out to to come on the show, we really appreciate it, Richard. And thanks for all that you do for the community and and getting around, traveling, meeting everybody. So it's it's great to have you on. Well, thanks for providing the space and having me on. So great conversation. Yeah, I should definitely do the live stream. I would maybe that's how I'll watch it. That that might be like maybe my, my way to you know experience the playoff race. So it'll, it'll be yeah, like three a.m. for you, I think. But perfect. doesn't matter. We got coffee on coffee. <laughs> <laughs>